Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 Happy New Year, everybody out there in Radio Land. We're back. It's been a two-week hiatus here in the Kang Gang Radio Show. Your boy, DC, out west, the J-Man. And up north, about 30 minutes from me, is the Dirty Bird, Ryan Pittman. Guys, what it do, what it do? Doing good, man. What's going on, man? Happy New Year. Happy freaking New Year. Yeah. You know, we thought uh, we thought 2020. We thought 2020 and all that craziness was behind us, but I guess not. So, can well, I, uh, can, can I like, like give my free subscription of 2021 up already? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm ready to cancel the trial. Hey, at least, listen, at least 2021 didn't take Dr. Dre from us, though. So, yeah, right. That's a good thing. Well, not, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> we, we still have a long way yeah. to go. Oh, I, I lost my musical hero last year in, uh, with Eddie Van Halen going in 2020. So it's, uh, it's a good thing that we didn't start off the year by losing the music great. No doubt. You know, 20, 2020 was, uh, it was difficult in many aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously here at the Kang Gang radio show, I mean, our primary focus is University of Miami, Miami Hurricane football and things like that. And, you know, we started off really well. You know, we had the one hiccup against Clemson. And then towards the end of the, the, end of the year, it got really bad. You know, the, yeah. the UNC loss and then obviously the bowl game. Um, J-Man, did you get a chance? To, did you watch the whole bowl game, like, like thoroughly watch it? Or did you just kind of uh, pick at it? Uh, I don't know. I, I, after we got down 21-0, I started pacing. And so, you know, I, I was in front of the TV for the whole thing. Um, but, you know, I was, I was on Twitter, that type of stuff. So I could, I could probably, uh, you know, I could probably use a film session on it, but, but I know what happened. Well, Bird and I were sitting there in, in the end zone just uh, kind of, like I wanted to say I was always ready to pull my hair out to look like Bird, but <laughs> it, it didn't go <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't go that that far here in the first quarter, yeah. you know. But when you when you sit back and I watched the game when we got back home, um, I ended up getting back home about twelve thirty. We actually drove back from the game that night. Um, the following day, I I ended up watching the game back, and what I saw was, again, it was just a. I don't want to use the word putrid performance on defense. But the first quarter was probably as bad as a defensive scheme and a defensive play calling that I've probably seen all year. Um, yeah. You know, things kind of got a little bit better moving on to the second, third, and fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, there's a lot to take away from that game. You know, there's a lot of points to talk about. Like, we talk about drop passes. You could talk about inconsistency. You know, Derek King going down. 
And again, if you don't have a holding call, you know, your, your score goes from 21, you know, it's 21, 14 now. And Derek King's still in, in, you know, still in the game for the, maybe for the rest of the game. There's a lot to talk about. Bird, what was your, what was your, uh, what was your takeaway on that game? Man, heartbreaker, right? Um, you know, I think we were we were in that thing at the end, and that's a team a lot of people were were picking to be. Uh, you know, a lot of the national media had picked to be in the in the playoff this year. Um, but you know, look, we 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 didn't deserve to win that game, man. You know, like you said, drive passes. Um, you know, the defensive play calling at the beginning of the game was was horrid. Um, you know, I don't think any team should ever run that that soft zone that those guys had going out there, man. Because uh, especially a team like Oklahoma State, they're they're going to pick us apart. You know, felt like uh, felt like the Wallace kid had about uh, eleven catches in the first quarter. <laughs> it just seemed like they just kept going to him. Um, you know, it's funny as eleven. You say eleven catches in the first quarter for about twenty-two yards. I mean, literally, it was three <laughs> and four-yard ins and outs. <laughs> like yeah. J-Man, if you, if you watch that, like our corners seem to be playing. And again, so everybody, like everybody knows, this past week, you know, Manny made some changes. Um, they let go of Coach Rump. Um, still waiting to kind of see what's going on in there. Um, you know, Banda left to go to Utah State. Um, but when you watch that and you watch the defensive backs, right? and I'm going to talk about the defensive backs just real quickly, them playing off the ball, people want to bash Rump for how bad, like, the DB's playing. But that's more of a systematic scheme and a defensive yeah. play calling thing. That's not on the, the position, Coach. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um, you know, I – I like to shoot it straight. Um, and, you know, I, I was talking, uh, I was talking earlier this week, uh, some canes on, and, uh, you know, my, my point was that like before the season, I predicted this would be our worst defensive season with Manny Diaz on staff. And I said that it would be that way from, you know, because of the roster, because top to bottom, I thought it was the least amount of talent that we had on the defensive side of the ball in the last five or six years and so you know like if if that's what I was saying before the year then we have to bring that up when we're assessing Baker right saying that he had the least amount to work with now that's not a get out of jail free card for Baker but it is the truth in my opinion so right it, it it all goes into the pot and then you have to mix it up and you have to assess the situation right and I'm with you you know like for all of the stuff that Rumpf should be criticized about that's not one of them because that is schematic. You're you're a hundred percent right. So you know, I want to I want to call one thing out if I can. <clears throat> the very first, I mean, we were the first people in the stadium, right? And the <laughs> very first player, the very first player to walk out onto that field and literally stayed out there the whole time, uh, working with Coach Rump was to Corey Couch, right? And I mean, that dude was Good working when he got in there, and 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 you know, I mean, I love to see the heart. I mean, the the kid got, you know, I think the. You know, I I will I hate to be the guy that blames a game on the officials, and I'm not blaming the loss because we had every opportunity to win that game. But I will say that was the worst officiated game I think I've I can I can say in recent memory. Um, you know, we could probably pull seven or eight plays uh, back and and talk about how terrible the calls were. Yeah. But but Takori was getting abused out there by the referees, and I mean they were you know calling pi on him where he's barely touching the guy. So. Yeah. You know, the kid was out there to work. But to the letter of the law, again, so I went back. Again, I'll play devil's advocate, Pitt, is I'll play – like, I went back and watched the the game. Some of the calls, even though they looked from the stands, they looked like they were just horrific calls. To the letter of the law, per se, they were good calls. 
But those are the same calls that are, aren't made on an everyday or an every game basis, too. It just seems like they were ticky-tack fouls, especially the one that was, like, 40 yards over his head. Like, you don't make that yeah. call. I mean, yeah. I get it. I mean, you maybe – and I probably wouldn't have called on that one there. I wouldn't have called pass interference. I maybe would have called, like, a defensive holding because that's more what it looked like. But – and that's where I feel like the rule has to be subject to interpretation. Because if the ball clearly is 30 yards or 40 yards away from the receiver, how can that be pass interference? The receiver has no, no, no opportunity to make that play. Well, then look at the other side of it, right? The pass interference on fourth and I think it was three where we went for it on Brevin. On Brevin. I mean, the no call on it. I mean, he got clubbed. The guy didn't turn his head and, and he just got clubbed. And it's like, how do you not call that on such a such a crucial play, right? Yeah, So so – so, J-Man, what is your take about potentially having some type of accountability for referees? Now, I know there's something in there to where they're graded out each week, but yeah. where and when does the accountability for the referees come into play? I mean, they're literally deciding games left and right. Yeah, yeah I I mean, I don't know. That That is a, tr- that is a tricky – topic to think about i mean you could come up with some type of system where you know refs get paid based on how many games they officiate and there's some type of metric that you know that like uh they get for how well they call a game right and then you're just choosing the top ones you know the the top rated refs get the most you know i I mean i don't know i'm like i i I think it's something that we should look into that the NCA should look into and, and the conferences and find some way to incentivize the refs to get it right. Cause so I know, I know we don't want to, to take time. Like the game's long enough as it is. Right. Yeah. But if we're going to implement all these, the plays under further review, the scorings under further review, review targetings under further review, well, when there's a, a PI call or something like that, you know, how come that can't go into some type of further review? Why can't someone chime down and say, hey, you know what? Why don't we talk about this one call here? Because at some point, those calls affect the game. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I mean, that's the thing is if you're going to have stuff like instant replay, then why aren't you using it all the time? Yeah. Right. Why, why aren't – if you're going <clears> to <throat> instant replay to get the game right – then how about we use it to an extent that you can get the game right? Right. So, you know, even if it takes um, – the way that the, the NBA kind of has it set up, so there's like a headquarters in New Jersey where there's dudes, you know, like watching in a control room, they're watching all the games. And, uh, you know, the refs, when they have a review, they kick it to New Jersey where this command center is. And, you know, they're looking at it. The ref is looking at it. And then they get – the, the call from the league office. Right. So you could kind of, you could do something like that. Um, yeah. You know, or you could have a command center somewhere that, that will call into the refs and be like, Hey, that was a bad call. Like, let's look at it. You know, that right. type of stuff like that needs to be looked at. So stop the game. I don't know, man, but I, I'm with you. Like it's, you got to get these calls right. And, and, you know, I'm not somebody who, I mean, I'm with you, Bird, in, in the fact that the it was bad. 
the officiating was, but I, I didn't think we played well enough to win that game anyways. So. Well, I'll tell you what though, (laughs) with when King went down with that injury, like you didn't know what to expect. Right. But then listen, out of nowhere, Cozy comes in and literally just plays flawlessly. Yeah. You know, you take that one RPO where the actual fall, you know, the fumble right there. Um, but he put the ball on the money. Like yeah, he, he literally did. was dropping dimes. And if it wasn't for six and if it wasn't for eight dropping passes, like eight had a, a receiver screen, like a little curl receiver screen. He was housing that for 30 yards. There was no one touching him. Pope had a flea flicker that he dropped. Pope had another one on the final drive with a minute and a half to go, give or take, you know, drops the ball on the 10 yard line. Like you couldn't ask any more from, from cozy. Like he literally, I think played the best game of his career. I mean, the comeback at FSU, you know, again, I'll give him that as number one, Um, but (laughs) that, that bowl game, man, like coming in, not really playing all season. Like he came in and, and lit it up. Agreed. I, I agree with you in, in saying that I, you know, I will go on record saying that's his second best game ever. And uh, it's really a shame for him. I mean, he's the player that I feel the worst for out of all the guys on the team, right? Because you, you hit the nail on the head, Co, and that he played almost flawless. And uh, unfortunately, you know, his personnel wasn't helping him out at all. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Bird, what are your thoughts? I'm proud of the kid, man. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've always, you know, his first uh, year and a half, man, he had a lot of issues, but uh, you know, he has been nothing but a model citizen since then. He's done all the right things. He's said all the right things. And, you know, look, I, I, I hope he, he graduates from here and he, he plays his final year with us because, you know, I think he's a, a you know, he's a, he's the second best quarterback on the team right now. You know, we yeah. got a couple great kids in there and, and TVD and, uh, and Garcia, but let's be real. Those, those guys aren't ready yet, you know, yeah. and uh, I hope Cozy comes back next year. I hope he has a, a fantastic year. And uh, you know, I just want to see, I just want to see great yeah. things from the guy. Yeah. I I'm with you. Although I will say because I love Cozy so much, I want him to go somewhere where he gets every opportunity to shine. You know, I, I want he to, him to go to a program where they tell him, like, straight up, you're our starter day one, you know, and I, I, and I want him to, to have the spotlight because I think he deserves it. You know, for but all the where reasons. do you think he would be able to go? Where, where do you think he would be able to go at this point in his career? Oh, I, I mean, honestly, like, I'm a Utah State alum, right? And uh, so you, think, yeah. you think Banda, you think Banda's going to recruit him? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, a school like Utah State, I think yeah. UCF and FSU, or I mean, sorry, USF, UCF, FAU, FIU, you know, the schools like that of the world, the, the group of five programs, I think he could find one that is competitive. I think he could go to a really good G5 school and have an impact. Yep. So having said that, I can see him going to USF and battling Jaron Williams for the starting position. Oh, the starting quarterback. <laughs> I hope he does just so he can beat out Jaron Williams. You I know, love that. Oh, <laughs> a couple of takeaways from that game, though. Um, and again, it, it was nice to see the you know the boys back on the field. It was nice to be able to see the like the non quitting those kids because it seems like even though they got down twenty one nothing like the quit just, it wasn't like they laid down like the UNC. Yep. Um, 
it definitely felt like it was a different type of team. It felt like a different type of demeanor. Um, they were out there to play. They were out there to compete. And I saw the hunger and I saw the determination. And, and it really just seemed like, okay, win or lose, at least they fought. Yeah. And, I, and I was really proud of that. Agreed. And, and you know, I was, um, I, I was going to lead off with this uh, to kind of surprise people, right? And that I, I think most people that know me, would assume that I'd be a huge downer after a game like that. But actually I was pumped to see the fact that we got punched in the teeth in the first quarter, you know, just same as we did against UNC, same as Clemson. We got punched in the teeth down big early. And, uh, but this time, instead of rolling over, we, we fought back into the game and we actually had a chance to win. Um, Jordan, Jordan, I think we got punched in the teeth and they reached in their pocket and stole their wallet too, man. It was (laughs) bad. Yeah. You know, and, and credit to the guys. Like, I'm so much more optimistic after this game than I was after UNC or Clemson just because it felt good to see a Hurricanes team fight. Because yep. that's – I feel like that is bare minimum to ask of a Power 5 Division One football team that you at least have some fight in you. And yeah, just glad to see it, man. Yeah. You know, I know we're coming up against the break, J-Man, Bird. We're going to probably kick it real quick to the commercials. When we come back, well, let's get back onto the topic. I got a few things I want to talk about concerning um, the fight and the, and the willingness to kind of compete, you know, for that bowl game. Um, so we'll be right back here on Kang Gang Radio Show, Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. Catch you guys in a minute. Yo, what's up? This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at AmericaLet'sDoLunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the second segment here on our two-hour show of the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. You know, the good thing about having a show on Sirius XM, we just got a new car. Well, actually, I didn't. I say we, but technically it's we, but technically it's Maria. So I think she got a new car. (laughs) But she gets satellite radio in there, so she'll be able to listen to our show. Nice. You know, listen, it's a it's a beautiful, you know, pre-weekend here on Friday morning. And uh, I'm already thinking about what we're going to do for lunch. I don't, man, yeah. I'm hungry. You guys yeah. eat yet? I want some uh, wings, man. Yeah, it's Wings actually early. sound great. A little early yeah. here for me, man. I, uh, I'm not a breakfast Bacon and eggs. Guy. I'm not Bacon and eggs. I, I, I'm into the whole inter- intermittent fasting thing, so – I, I don't do huh? calories between uh, after dinner until lunch the next day. Jordan, Jordan are Diet Mountain Dews and intermittent fasting? Come There's uh, no calories in those, dude. <laughs> That's what Says I do. <laughs> it's, it's right there on the can. See, you guys can see me. Zero cal. It's only like yeah. 70 grams, of, 70 grams sugar. of sugar in there. <laughs> no, zero. It's all, it's all fake. It's all fake sugar. So, oh, my word. Uh, aspartame. No calories. Aspartame. Oh, that's there even worse. That's, that's that good is, for you. That is so worse for you. <laughs> I think I might get I wings it. for lunch. It's I think working. I might get wings for lunch, man. That actually sounds like a good – I have to order some here shortly. I'm, I'm going to raise the bar and you see not just wings, Flanagan's wings. No, bro. Like we have a place down here like either Wings Plus or Roosters on point, bro. I'm telling you, it's, it's so much better. So much. Nice. So, we go there sometime. I was gonna say, man, I'm I'm sure that uh, you know when you're away at work, that's that's the first thing that Maria wants to do is listen to you on the radio. I know. You know she can't you get know, enough of you while you're at home. Speaking of wings, <laughs> I, I was I was hoping last Sunday to have some buffalo wings, <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. J-Man, that worked out for you. Yeah. J Man's. Uh, Numero uno favorite player in the world, though Josh Allen had a couple uh, couple things to say about that. <laughs> Ooh, I, I got a fun stat for you guys, right? The Miami Dolphins <laughs> had the number one pass defense in the NFL this year, okay? They only gave up 20 touchdown passes all season. Seven of those were by Josh Allen in a combined six quarters. So, I mean, he only played a game and a half against you guys. Hmm. He stat during halftime, and he accounted for almost half of the passing touchdowns that you guys gave up this year. See, I'm never going to fight. I'm never going to fight J-Man on this because I, 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 I had Josh Allen as my fantasy football quarterback, yeah. and he led the old bird to the fantasy championship. So, mm-hmm. MVP, I can't man. do that. MVP of the season. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't have Josh Allen as my quarterback. <laughs> oh, you mean the number one scoring player in all of fantasy? Yeah, the problem is, like, guy wouldn't trade me for him, so I was trying. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. Dude, oh, man. What a fun year to be a Bills fan, man. Good for you I guys, mean, man. Well, so, so let, me, let, me, let me go back and say this, right? So I'm glad the Dolphins lost, right? And I'm glad all the other teams won because here's my thing. As a Dolphin fan, like – and I am a Dolphin fan, even though I'm a diehard University of Miami fan – like, I, I follow the Dolphins. Like, I can care less. I'll, go, I'll fall asleep on them. You know, it is what it is. But at the same time, had you won that game and everybody else won, per se, like, you would have been a rematch with the Bills and you would have got knocked out of the playoffs and you would have dropped, like, five spots mm-hmm. on your, you know, 
on your draft board. So it's better that you kind of are where you are, that you yeah. lost that game, you know, because now you're picking third and 18th instead of like third and 21, 22 maybe. So, you know, again, so from my perspective, it was better that you lost that game because if you went up to Buffalo and played them again, you're getting spanked. Yeah. You're, you're so, one and done. You know, my perspective going into the game, I was actually more afraid of the Dolphins than any other wild card team. And then during the game, you know, so I was thinking, man, I don't want to play the Dolphins. And then watching that game, I'm like, man, I really want to play the Dolphins in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, because obviously we, we matched up well, right? That stat about Josh Allen just says, like, for whatever reason, he had your guys' defense figured out all year. So, yeah. I mean, what, week two and week 17 is when he played them and he just for whatever reason, he just knew what you guys were doing. So, yeah. Um, so here's a Dolphins. Here's a Dolphins question for you guys, though. Right? Let's say Lawrence goes one, which we know he's gonna to the Jacksonville. Let's just assume, for argument purpose, that the Jets go with a quarterback, right? Because I think they should, because Sam Darnold's an interception machine. Yeah. So then you have the Dolphins at three. I'm not right? taking Sewell. You're nope. not taking Sewell. Nope. See, I'm I'm nope. I'm all Sewell, dude. Nope. 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 Franchise right, left tackle. Listen, nope. You're taking you the need playmakers. Well, not just only because this, right? You definitely need playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Your O line this year was really, really solid, starting three rookies on that line. So I think with another year, um, you know, again, and and Bird, you and I had talked about this. You know, this, you know, it's very rare that you get a solid left tackle. Like I thought, Jake Long was going to be that when we got him out of Michigan. Oof. You know, you know. You know, the Anthony Munoz is the Bruce Matthews. Like, there's so many, like, solid mm -hmm. Joe Thomases, right? But then again, on the flip side, you can get the Tony Manages, and, like, you can literally have the bust at left tackle as well. So, yeah. I mean, Eric Flowers technically was drafted by the Giants as a left tackle, and that didn't work out too well. And he was, you know, he was picked number nine or number ten. So, He's a hell of a guard, though. Well, and listen, I, again, I think that benefits him and he's really the leader and the older person on that Dolphins line, mm -hmm. right? So I don't think you really need to draft an old lineman. I think you really need to have to go for, like, somebody who can make plays on that team because you have none. Jay, man, yeah. what do you think? Well, what's, what's the Dolphins' second pick? Isn't it, like, 16? 18. 18. 18. So, I mean, I would almost be – Najee Harris. <laughs> I would almost be tempted to trade that pick up, and then you go – then you get Sewell at three – and then you can get a, like one of the Alabama receivers in the back half of the top 10, whichever one's Potentially. Because I think Waddle, believe it or not, I think Waddle's actually better than Devontae Smith. Yeah. Um, I, and he's I, faster. I think everyone – I mean, Devontae is 6'1", 175. Yeah. Like, that's Mark Pope's size. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone would have agreed with that when, you know, when Waddle was still healthy. I think everyone yeah. would have said Waddle is better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think that's a crazy take. Um, that's the first thing I would look into if I was, you know, uh, the, the Dolphins GM, isn't it Chris Greyer or something? Chris Greyer. Yeah. Um, if I was him, the first thing I'd look into is trying to trade that second pick up and get in the back half of the top 10. Then you got like the three and the eight or something like that, three and seven. Um, and then you can do both. Um, but I, I can see, I can see what both of you are saying. You know, Sewell looks like he's legit. Um, however, I do think the, Dolphins the Pac 12 biggest week in, the <laughs> Dolphins biggest, true. biggest weakness was that they didn't have anyone for to throw to. I mean, Gasecki yeah. is nice. Um, 
what's the Parker is is okay, but I mean, if he's your best wide receiver, eh, you know. I just think that well, you know you're you're rich with pass catchers, right? I think you know as, as much as you know we hate the Gators here. Yeah. You know the Kyle Pitts kid is going to be an NFL superstar, right? When you get him out there, so you can scoop him up. You got Jamar Chase. You got you know the kid uh, Rondale Moore from Purdue. Yeah. I think is going to do wonders in the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know there, you got a lot of options out there, right? So yeah. you know, but how often does a you know, superstar can't miss tackle. Come on. And I mean, I know we say can't miss, right? But I mean, that guy's about as close to can't miss as, as you can get. And then, you know, you've got some great pieces on the O line. Well, now all of a sudden you have the best and strongest O line in the whole NFL. And that's always going to be worth something. Yeah. I, I just don't think that, again, I think the O line played really well this season for the Dolphins. And I think they're only going to get better. Um, so that's the only reason why I would say not, you know, sure. before we went to break, you know, we were talking about, you know, the, the non-quit of the defense or on the offense, just the team in general, the Miami Hurricanes. And one thing that I was going to, I wanted to talk about when we came back was to finally see these underclassmen deciding to come back and play their senior year. You know, this past week, Bubba decided that he's coming back. Cam decided that he's coming back. You know, and I think that they're starting to build that continuity that, you know, other programs have built in order to continue that winning tradition. Now, again, you look at and you look at Alabama and you look at Clemson and you look at some of those bigger programs, it always seems like, you know, those underclassmen decide to come back. You know, this past season was a perfect example. You look at Najee Harris, you look at Travis Etienne, they both decided to come back for their senior seasons, you know. And I think that's been the problem with the University of Miami. Our kids have just been so reluctant to come back and play. They just want to do the quick, you know, three and out. And next thing you know, they're fifth, sixth, seventh, and undrafted free agents. You know, so I think it's very, very rewarding to see that. And I don't know what the deal is, why they're coming back. But maybe they realize, hey, you know what? I had a bad second half of the season. Maybe my grade, my, my draft grade isn't where I want it to be. I'm going to come back and improve it. And if that's the case, then at least it's the mentality of the kids are in the right direction. You know, my take on it is, man, if, if you get a first or a second round draft grade, you go, right? Because, you know, what's not to say that you can come back and you can get hurt or, or whatever, right? There's a million different things that could happen. So, you know, Russo opting out as much as I would love to have seen him play another year for us. I get it, man. Go do your thing. You're getting top 15, you know, yeah. draft and your cons- consensus top 15 draft pick. You know, Jalen Phillips now is looking at top 25, really. I don't think I've seen him any lower than, than, than the 25th pick. You know, you, you go, man, because yeah. – you know, you go, you make that money. Yeah. You don't know if that opportunity is going to be there again. Agreed. And and I always try to put myself in the shoes of, you know, if, if I was a close friend of the person we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and, and that's same goes for when I was talking about mm-hmm. Cozy Perry earlier saying that he should go. Like if I am Greg Rousseau's boy, you know, like if we're, if we're tight, if we're good friends, like, what am I telling him, right? And I'm telling him to opt out, dude. You know, you're a top five pick. Yeah. At worst, you're going to be top 15. Worst case scenario, yeah. if you opt out, just opt out, dude. And, then, yeah. and so I put myself in that place for, you know, whether it's Bubba or Brevin or De'Ara King or all these people, you know, and for De'Ara King, that's, I would have 
put myself in, in that shoes of being one of his close friends and say, you know what, dude, like you're probably not going to be an NFL QB, at least not next year. So do you want to play QB? And if he says, yeah, then you say, okay, if you want to play QB, then, then go back to Miami for another year. You know, and it's interesting that you say that too, because I feel like with him deciding to, to quote unquote, run it back. Right. And that's, that's the slogan, run it back. Um, I think that's going to be beneficial. And unfortunately with that, that injury, like now he has no choice. Um, He had surgery this, you know, this past week and I know he started rehab and, you know, I tore my ACL. I tore my MCL. I had a medial meniscal repair mm-hmm. that, you know, when I did mine back in 1999, it's different than today's surgery. Um, these guys actually come back, you know, stronger, quicker, faster. You know, you look at someone like Adrian Peterson who had that done, you know, a few years back. And next thing you know, my man's still running for over a thousand yards. I mean, so I can see King coming back stronger than ever. And, yeah. And, and I want to say this in the right context because I don't want to disrespect any, any possible quarterback that we have at the University of Miami. But I would rather trust, you know, Derek King going into week one against Alabama than somebody else. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like yeah he, was, I, you know, that, he was a huge difference maker. I mean, like, if you look at our season – and I'm sorry, I just want to jump in here real quick, J-Man. No, but if you, if you look at our, our season, right, and you look at our progress offensively, man – like, I think almost all that, like, lays at De'Aaron King's feet, right? Like, yes, Rhett Lashley was, you know, I mean, I think I think my, all Miami fans are, are pretty enamored with what he's bringing, and, you know, he's, he, he does a, a great job calling plays. But it's King, right? It's it's his creativity. It's, you know, it's, it's his leadership on and off the field, right? Like, that's what we needed on this team, and that's what we need on defense right now, too. So I – I couldn't agree more with you. Um, I, you know, I think it will be the case next year. Um, and it was the case this year is that the, our team can only go as far as Derek King can take us. Um, you know, he was, he was the difference maker. And unfortunately um, there's a valid excuse with COVID, right? We, um, we didn't have spring camp and uh, you know, fall camp was delayed. And so, you know, there, there wasn't I'm, – I'm hoping that our lack of player development um, between last year to this season that just ended was due to COVID, right? Um, but I need to see something better next year because it really did feel like De'Ara King was the only difference. It didn't feel like our wide receivers got much better. didn't feel like our line got that – I mean, our line got a little better. Um, other than that, dude, I mean, it all really, line causes Derek King. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, it really did not feel like we were a much better team than the than the six and seven show that we saw the year before. It was just that we had a few better players that we picked up as free agents. You know, and 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 to top that, right? Just to piggyback off of that, you know, again coming off six and seven, you know, yeah, we finished at eight and three, but really are we much better than we were last year? I know the record says we are, but in reality, are we really much better than we were last year? I think we got better at one single skill. And, and, you know, you could break it down a little more and say our kicking game was better, that kind of stuff. Our quarterback play was better, but, but as a team, we got better at one thing and that's that we won close games. Yeah. And that was the only thing that we improved on, in my opinion. And that was technically, and we did. We won close games, except for we didn't, we didn't win the last close game. 
Yeah, that's you a good know? point. I mean, I, I I have a hard time. Hard to spot. That game is it's hard close. to spot. Yeah, but it's hard to spot them twenty one and, and be able to come back and win. Exactly. You know, it's just it's it's rough. You just you can't do that. Yeah. So so I, I agree. I mean, we looked totally overmatched anytime we played a good squad until yeah. that Oklahoma State game. But other than that, like we we won close games and, and we lost games that we got blown out and pretty much any team worth their salt took us to the woodshed. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Yep. So, anyways, we're, we're up against the break. Um, so, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to send us out. You guys are listening to Kane Gang Radio here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. We will catch you in just a few moments. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. <laughs> the dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Yay. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Yay. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Yay. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two Aniga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back, everybody, here on Friday morning, Kane Gang Radio Show, Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Um, it's been a good show so far. We've been talking a lot of uh, bowl recap, uh, a lot of different things that we've been going through, obviously, University of Miami. Um, last night, I don't know if anybody tuned in or not, but obviously I was tuned in at 7 o'clock, had the College Football Awards. J-Man, Dirty Bird, man, did we – have a good night last night. We had a good showing, something we haven't had in quite some time. And um, 
to go along with the college football award show last night, we actually have as a special guest today, the all American, the Lou Groza award winner. And I can't even roll my R's, but I'm going to try this. Okay. Mr. Jose Borges. Good, good. How did I do rolling that R? Did I, I mean, listen, I'm a gringo, bro. So, like, how did I do? It's a little long, but, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> well, it was like football, right? When they say, goal! And they just keep going, like, for, like, 45 minutes. It's like... <laughs> That's football, Co. Football. Same difference, right? Football, football. You know, you use your foot, right? Like, Jose uses his foot, right? He don't use his hands, so it's the same thing, you know? But, Jose... Appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, listen, man, I, I don't know even where to begin because when we talk about All-Americans, um, it's been quite some time here at the University of Miami that we've been able to say, like, first-team All-American. Um, has that sank in yet, being an All-American, and what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, I, I heard that before. That it's been a while, and no, I don't think it's actually sank in. Um, I still feel the same guy as I was yesterday or the day before the awards um but you know it's a tremendous honor and uh, to do it at my dream school is, is the best part of it that's good to hear um and i know i know bird and jay man i know you guys got some questions so go ahead and uh let's 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 feed the beast man you know um if you guys like so let me just touch on something real quick so i want to talk about the bowl game and just the enthusiasm and the excitement and the just the mantra, Jose, that you had on the sideline and during timeouts. Bird, we were sitting there in the end zone and we we're watching Jose jumping up and down, getting those kids ready. Like, Jose, is that just your natural demeanor to be able to do that? Or is that just like you were in the moment at that time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like to be the team's uh, everything, basically. Um you know, hype man, teammate, all that stuff. Um, that's just that was just me being me. That's you guys were seeing me. You know how I would normally be if I was anywhere else. Um, you know, I'm just an exciting, exciting guy. I, I love football. I love watching the boys go out there and make some plays, and whatever I can do to get them ready. Um, you know, even even the crowd get them all hyped <laughs> up, so so the boys can do their thing. Yeah, Jose, so you mentioned uh, that the University of Miami was your dream school. Um, you had a longer journey to get to Miami than, uh, than some other guys on the team. Would you mind telling us about that? You know, you, you went to Florida International University for the first few years before you ended up at, at UM. So just tell us what it was like and, and then how it felt, you know, getting your shot. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I didn't have a, a, a very good – um, recruiting season in high school. I was under-recruited, only had one offer coming out. Uh, that was FIU. So they were the only school that gave me a, a shot, basically. Um, so, you know, I just went in there and, you know, tried to do my best. Uh, I didn't play in my freshman year. There was a senior in front of me. So, you know, I had to sit out that year. And um, I knew my, my second year coming in, coming back, which was going to be my redshirt freshman year, I knew I had to beat out the other guy that was there so I could be able to kick some field goals and, and you know, do what I love to do. Um, and then, you know, been there for three years as a starter under Butch Davis, who, who named me the starter at that point. And um, 
obviously you guys remember the game from last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember that at all. I, I didn't even watch the game. <laughs> I don't know what you're speaking of. <laughs> well, whatever <laughs> but I think that was a, a big eye-opener for me that I could do it at, 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 a, at the highest level possible. So, you know, made the decision to make a change. And, um, you know, thankfully, UM was one of those schools that hit me up. And, you know, it was a, it was a decision right away that I made. You know, that's, that's, this is like a fantastic story, man. It's like a, it's like a storybook type ending, right? Like not heavily recruited, you know, okay, I got one offer. I'm going to take that one offer, but believe it or not, that one offer. And again, Miami being your dream school and having Butch Davis, obviously, you know, he's legendary at the university of Miami for what he accomplished, you know, down here. Um, and again, you were surrounded by former Canes, you know, on the coaching staff over there at FIU as well. So you still kind of have that, you know, UM pipeline, even though you were at FIU. Um, but just to see, you know, again, not heavily recruited, get an opportunity to go to a D1 school, then being able to grad transfer and come to the University of Miami and to be number one in All-American and to win the Lou Grozer Award. That's just, that's just cherry on, you know, cherry on the top, man, you know. So yeah, congratulations, absolutely. man. It's, uh, that's definitely like – I was working like after the, the – um, the award ceremony last night, I had, you know, Grayson, like, I, I think I posted a, a video in our chat, man, of Grayson <laughs> trying to kick the football, bro. Like, I'm like, okay, I got to get him started now. <laughs> Maybe I'll coach him in, in a few years. Bro, w listen, you guys can be his, you guys can be his uncles, man. You guys are Uncle Andy and Uncle <laughs> Jose, you know, like, listen, bro, it, it's, it all runs in the family here on the Kang Gang show. So, bro, you got some questions for uh, Mr. All-American. Yeah, you know, I just I want to know, you know, coming to your dream school here, you know, what moment this season stands out the most to you? I, I'll tell you after which one which one stood out to me the most, but I want to hear what it was from you, you first. Know, for most people, it would be that Louisville game. Yeah, right? you know, that was one of them <laughs> for me. But to be honest, the the, the NC State game was a big one for me, just because yeah. you know we we rallied back from being down, and you know I hit what three field goals to go up yeah. top and. That final touchdown was like the cherry on top. And, and then the extra point, obviously, you know, had to do it back to their kicker. Uh, oh, yeah. Celebration he did, but that, that's my, my most memorable game so far. That, that cat had to put his Twitter on private after, uh, after that game. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I heard. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> you know, what's funny, Ryan, is, you know, again, and, and Jose, you're talking about that Louisville game. I'm going to be a little bit more like – surreal like I think it was your first kick against UAB because it's been a while that we actually made an extra point so it's literally <laughs> the first kick of the season like I was like okay we're solid you know we don't have to worry about this moving forward what's crazy um, about that is um Lou forgot that he was my holder for that that kick the first ever kick so like we were, I was looking to the sideline like because he wasn't used to it so correct yeah, that was just fun that was funny what kind of what kind of relationships do you have with Lou and with Clay and, you know, with, uh, with Napper and, and the other guys in the special teams? Are you guys like a really close-knit type group? Yeah, I think our specialist group is, is the most connected group out of all the groups on the team. Uh, just because we regularly go out on Wednesdays to sports group, every Wednesday, doesn't miss. Um, and, you know, just hang out, just talk about anything and, and that's the way we are during practice, too. 
That's awesome. Oops. J-Man, J-Man, go ahead and, uh, or Bird, you got more stuff? Well, I was going to say, we just saw uh, none other than Andy pop up in the screen as well. So now we have both of our, of our Miami kickers here. So I do have one question for Jose. And Jose, can you, what, what advice do you want to give your brother coming in here, right? And like on field, like, or not on field, but so much like give him some football advice of what you're going to, what you're going to, um, what you want him to, to know going into that uh, locker room next year. Well, the main thing is don't worry about the outcome. You know, just do what you do. Take it one kick at a time. Make sure everything's correct. You know, your steps, your your alignment, all that. And once you kick it, everything will take care of itself. So that's that was my main thing I had this season. You know, don't worry about if it's going in or not. You know, just listen to the crowd and, you know, get excited whenever they start screaming. Awesome. Yeah. Jose, before uh, before the season happened, did you have like did you have the NFL in your sights? Did you feel like you were going to be an NFL player? No, I, I didn't. You know, just because I learned from my mistakes, I had that same mindset last year. That you know, yeah, this is my last year. I'll go to the NFL after. And you know, I, I think that was my worst season ever last year. You know, I, I missed what eight kicks. You know, but I got a lot of opportunities also. So, you know, rallied back the second half of the season and, uh, you know, had the game against you guys. What game was that again? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the game, you guys were there. Uh, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I learned that having that mindset of, of, you know, thinking you're in the future is, is not the way to go. You know, you got to be where your feet are and, and, you know, handle business every single day. Yeah. So, you know, I, what, go ahead, Jordan. I, so I, I have a question about the, the art of kicking. Okay. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us casual fans, you know, we're, we're, it's easy to sit back in the recliner and, and get upset when a, when a dude misses a kick. Right. And you think like, yeah. Oh man, a 35 year, you know, 35 yard field goal. I could have made that or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. How much of kicking is a mental game to you? I mean, the whole, the I, entire thing. Okay. Just a, a quick short answer. The entire thing, just because yeah. you know, there's so many factors that could come into play. You know, the crowd, um, the opposite team, uh, maybe the hold was a little bad. Um, you know, laces are, are towards you, so you know everything comes into play for that. Yeah. Um, you got to just block that out, trust, trust the process, trust your training, and, you know, go out there and swing. You know, now that the – your college career is officially over, correct? Um, obviously, your plans are set on the league. Um, how is that process going now? Um, are you signing with an agent? How, how does that process work now that you're, you know, officially not in college anymore, per se? Yeah, well, um, I signed with an agent, um, Rob Roche of uh, RSR Sports. He's uh, Justin Tucker's agent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I trusted what he said to me and, you know, signed with him. And I start training tomorrow, actually. Nice. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm up here in Orlando, yeah. uh, you know, getting ready for that. So, yeah. Do you, you know, that's, that's crazy, man, when you think about that, like, like, you know, Jordan, you were mentioning, like, you know, you probably didn't have the NFL on your radar coming into the season. Now that it's here, like, is it kind of surreal? I mean, you know, you're literally training to be in the NFL. Um, and from my understanding and looking at some of the boards, you're like the top kicker to come off the board. 
Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's 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 been crazy. Uh, um, after the season, um, you know, I, I saw the boards that you're talking about. You know, I couldn't believe in myself. Uh, I was so, I was so proud of what I've done. Um, still am, but uh, you know, I, I know there's still work to do. And you know, everybody says I'm a professional in practice or whenever they get interviewed or whatever. Um, so that's what I'm gonna continue doing, being a pro. Uh, you know, handle what I'm supposed to handle, take care of my body. And you know, you know, show the teams that that they could trust in me to make the kicks. Wow, that's good stuff. Yeah, and uh, you know, so I I'm curious as to if you've made any plans or preparations for the NFL draft. If you you know, I mean, did you did you get a, a draft grade? Like, are you expecting to to go during that weekend? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. I'm just you know, I'm taking it one day at a time, one kick yeah. at a time. That's well, awesome. we need to know. We need to know when you're having the draft party, because you know, you know, we're local, bro. So yeah. we need to roll through and just, you know, I'm sure Mama's gonna have a huge spread. So yeah. I'm interested <laughs> to see uh, what kind of spread is gonna be on the table, because we will definitely roll through and uh, and get down on that. <laughs> no, no, for sure, for sure, it'll be down here, down in uh, Miami. So, um, but yeah, I don't really know when the when the draft is. To be honest, I think it's like April or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I'll be back in uh, Miami, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Hopefully, COVID is isn't there by that time. So. Yeah, ain't ain't that the truth? Yeah, you, you know what I what I can't wait for when he gets drafted. I just I want to see mom's reaction when he goes right because oh, let me tell you, you know one thing. I mean, you know, mom's a solid follow on Twitter, right? And you know, we've all we all have a, a great. Uh, you know, great interactions with her and everything. But, uh, you know, she's always been these guys' biggest fans. And uh, just yeah. being able to see her just go crazy when uh, when it happens. Uh, I you mean, know, she, has, she has two separate accounts. One of them is Kicker Mom. <laughs> yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Kicker's Mom. <laughs> yeah. hey, so, Jose, this is a question that I've, I've been wanting to ask you for a while. Um, you know, I, I also do the, the fours up. Jordan, he does have a he does have a girlfriend. So, like, it just uh-huh. – well, he's, he's was, taken, bro. <laughs> okay, well, that was my first question. I have another okay. one now. There you go. Uh, so, I know that, uh, you know, because I saw a picture of the tattoos that you have on, on your leg. I know yeah. you're a huge Star Wars fan. Um, and so I have been very curious if you would, I mean, you can rank all of them if you want, or if you just want to tell me a handful of your favorite star Wars movies in order. Um, I'm also a big star Wars junkie. So I've been very curious. What was that? That's my answer. What was it? Empire strikes back. Okay. Dude, one of the originals. See, I'm old school. Like I'm almost 50, bro. 1980 something. like the Empire Straight Back, man, like just little Ewoks, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. it's different, man. Yeah. It's different. Jordan, how are we doing on time, man? Because I don't want to cut anybody short or anything, but how are we doing on time? Uh we're good. I mean, we're coming up against the break, unfortunately. So um, you know, we, we probably should send it. I mean uh, more than willing to uh they're they're more than willing to come back on to the next segment if you guys wanna, you know, come back on or if you guys got things to do, you know, we can let you ride and definitely appreciate you guys coming on. But that that's your call. Yeah, well we can uh we can harass them a little bit over break and, and figure out what's happening. But for now, everyone, you're listening to the Kane Gang radio show here on Sirius XM channel one four five slam radio. See you in just a few moments. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. 
This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are on our second hour of the Kang Gang Radio Show, Sirius XM, Channel 145, Slam Radio. Guys, I could not believe that we literally just had the Lou Groza Award winner, Mr. All-American, Jorge Borgales, join us on the last episode. Man, what an amazing interview. What an amazing family and an amazing individual he is. Yeah, man. Like, just having the whole family, uh, you know, we're all, we're all fairly active on Twitter and, and, uh, there's a good group on there, you know, Kane's family, right. We all interact on a regular basis and, and having that family, um, be such a, a core part of, of the group on Twitter has just been amazing, man. They just seem like such good people. And, and, you know, we love Jose and Andy and, uh, and you know, everyone involved. So it, it's just so nice to have them on the show. Always. Yep. You know, it's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing to, like, I still can't believe that it's been so long since the University of Miami's had, a, like, a first-team All-American. And, and listen, let's not forget that Lou Henley and Jalen Phillips were second-team All, you know, AP yeah. All-Americans as well. So, you know, Miami put in the body of work this year with the um, some individuals. And, you know, and again, you could always play, you know – you know, what could, you know, should have, could have, would have, like, what if Greg stayed, right? So I want to ask you guys a question. And, and you know, here on King Gang Radio, we have Brad Tejada joining us as well. Um, again, this is, I don't like to use the word quote unquote gang, but these are my boys, man. So he's like, the more, the more boys we can get on the show, the better. And uh, let me, let me ask Brad this question. Um, had, had G5, you know, had Greg decided to come back, right? 
and, you know, play an active role. Do you see somebody like Jalen Phillips maybe not getting as many reps and potentially coming back, you know, for the 21 season? No, I think I think they still probably all three would have would have probably uh, ended up going to the draft after this year. I think it might have just helped us a little bit more as far as the trenches, as we saw this year. The the D tackle position was very hit or miss, um, but between games throughout the season, uh, Nessa Severa kind of stepped up. We saw uh, Harrison Hunt try to make that next step from last season, but I mean he he was dealing with COVID throughout the year. So having a guy like Greg Russo and you add him with a Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche, I think we would probably see more of that that NASCAR package um, that was pretty effective when we did use it. Um, you talk about having Russo and, and Roche on either side, and then you got Jalen Phillips going in the middle. I think that would be ridiculous for a lot of offensive line that we would have saw this year. But all in all, I think um, I think they all three probably still would have went to the draft. I think it probably would have just helped Russo's draft stock just a little bit because I think him sitting out this whole year definitely <clears throat> dropped them a little bit. Well, so I want to play devil's advocate because, you know, Rousseau had a great season last year, but I think he benefited out off of Garvin being double teamed and sometimes even triple teamed, you know, in different scenarios. So that allowed – Rousseau to kind of, you know, twist and stunt and have a lot of one-on-one matchups, right? So I wonder this year if if Rousseau would have took the, the, the role of having Garvin's role of like maybe getting double teamed and chipped a little bit more and maybe not being as productive as he was last season based on what I saw. J-Man, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I certainly see where you're coming from there. Um, and I, I certainly think that that could have happened um, but I don't know if it would have affected his draft stock much. Um, I think the thing that's so intriguing about Greg is just from a physical aspect, he's like, he's a force of nature. He's a freak athlete. You know, he's huge. His, his arms are, you know, longer than, than anybody. Right. And uh, he just, he gets to the quarterback. So, I mean, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, but I I just have a feeling like he would, he would show out anyways. I, I feel like, you know, he'd still keep his first round draft grade, even if that were to happen. But I, I get what you're saying. It, you know, it, if anything, it would have made Jalen. Yeah, I'm just, just trying to play the devil's advocate. For sure. Correct. Well, and that's why I feel that that's why I felt with Jonathan Garvin last season, it made Greg look better because of, yeah. you know, Garvin being doubled and Greg having a lot more one-on-one matchups. Um, you know, and it's funny because you, you use the word freak and then, you know, Brad, you're up there in Gainesville and Rousseau kind of reminds me of Javon Curse, And, you know, like he was just a nasty dog. Like he, you know, Bird, you, you remember Javon Curse, man. Like he oh, was yeah. just a completely different animal, man. Yep. Yep. And that's why, you know, Brad mentioned that NASCAR package, man. Like, you know, if Rousseau came back, right. I mean, you picture him and Quincy on the ends. But then, you know, also having Phillips in somewhat like a blitzing linebacker position where you just know that those guys are all coming at you. And, I mean, you imagine those guys plus, you know, plus you got Nesta in the middle and JHH. I mean, that is just an insane package to think about. And you also could probably rotate those as well. Like you could put Jalen on the end, put Greg in the Mm -hmm. middle. Like there's a lot of different variations that you probably could have played with. Yeah. hindsight now well, is you don't have that. So now you have yeah. to going into the 21 season is what do you do? 
Now we have a lot of young talent. We did get a, a huge, you know, transfer coming, you know, back home from Southridge, uh, from Tennessee. That should be uh, a plus. But Brad, what's your expectations going into the fall? Yeah, man. Um, we got we got the best head coach in college football when it comes to the off season in the past couple of years. So I think. <laughs> So I think I think we're going to have to rely on what we've been relying on the past two years, unfortunately, and that's the transfer portal. We're going to have to hit on some more key guys, um, and hopefully by next year we're not relying on the transfer portal like we have been in years past. Um, I think the class of 2020 and the class of 2021 class are going to slowly build that foundation to where you're going to slowly see um, with the right coaches, which we have on offense, and now if we start to hire – the right defensive coaches, we can slowly develop these guys to where we could build depth within to where we're kind of just using the portal as plug and play and instead of using it as a solid foundation for our football team. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brad. I think Manny has done a really great job of utilizing the portal, but we really just need to start recruiting uh, blue chip cornerbacks and linebackers. Um, I mean, you just look at the recruiting classes since Manny Diaz has arrived on campus uh, what is it, five, six years ago now? Just, dude, we, we are not landing guys. Like, we are not landing the top-rated high school recruits at either of those positions, and it's just inexcusable, you know? So, J-Man, J-Man, let me ask you this. Obviously, there was a termination of Coach Mike Rump. Yeah. Um, there was an article yesterday, if I'm not mistaking – the reasoning that there, that was kind of the termination was the development and the recruiting of cornerbacks. Um, yeah. So do you think that we developed the corners that we've had since Rump came here in 16, or do you think it's just been, you know, it is what it is? I, I think there's been a little both, you know, I, I think, before the season, there were a lot of people that were using that as a reason why Rump should stay. Um, while they weren't wrong, I think that was overplayed a little bit. Um, I do think he's done some, some good work in development. However, I don't think – when you look at the whole body of work of what Mike Rumpf did as, as the cornerback coach at University of Miami, I don't think it was up to par. Total body of work. But, I, you know, he did do some good work. I mean, he – he helped in the development of Michael Jackson and, and to Corey Couch this year, DJ Ivy. So, well, yeah, and again, Corn Elder. I mean, again, Corn Elder was drafted. Mike Jack was drafted. Unfortunately, Trajan wasn't drafted. Yeah. Um, to Corey Couch, I think is going to you know be a solid guy moving forward. Yeah. Al Blades, you know, obviously Blades. his condition right now, we don't know what's going on, but Al Blades has been solid. You yeah. know, DJ is the only one that I would kind of. Like, if I would have had a great grade DJ from, like, freshman to now, he's probably a C. Like, I, I think that's kind of just a medium, you know, run-of-the-mill. I don't think he's a D-minus or, you know, a B. I think he's, like, right in the middle. But the thing that bothers me is you want to terminate somebody based on the body of work and the lack of production, right? But yet, what about Blake Baker? What about Jonathan Packey? When one of our like weakest points are our linebackers, whether it's an inside linebacker or middle linebacker, Bird, Baker's your uh, outside linebacker coach or one of them, and Packey's the other one. So if you want to talk about yeah. body of work and not fulfilling or not meeting expectations, how come you're not firing your boys? Yeah, that's the thing. Those are 
his guys, right? And, you know, I mean, I know everybody, I mean, the, the, the Twitter heat for Blake Baker has just been, you know, very rightfully, you know, it's, it's been intense. But the thing everybody's got to realize, and I think we've said this a few times on here, this is still Manny's scheme. And, you know, Manny can fire Blake, right? But that's not the end of it, right? Like, we have to fix our defensive scheme because, you know, we don't, we don't have any creativity in our defense. There's nothing yeah. that gets disguised. We're very predictable, right? Every, every single time, I mean, we're coming after you. Almost to the point in that UNC game, even the UNC coaches were saying it. They were just letting our defensive ends get in the backfield, delaying, yeah. handing the ball off, and the guys were gone, right? Because they were letting our guys get 10, 15 yards down the field. The tackles will push them outside. And then all of a sudden, then the middle opens up and the guys are gone. Yeah. You know, so until we fix our scheme and until Manny wants to wants to get a little bit more complex in the scheme, it doesn't matter who's back there, right? Yeah. So you can bring Blake Baker back. You oh. know, to me, it's it's almost like you don't. It's, it's if you're not going to change the scheme, I don't want the guy fired because then we get to start over with somebody else, right? So yeah. Well, I I, I also want to play some devil's advocate real quick, um, and and I'm going to use a a trigger word for Miami Hurricanes. So you know, I I, I want to get your guys' take. I I don't want too much of a re, like knee jerk reactionary reaction when I say this, but. If you look at how successful Manny Diaz was with this defensive scheme in 2017 as compared to now, I think you have to look at the makeup of the roster and, and the, I guess, the quality of talent from position to position. And so this scheme was extremely effective with guys that Al Golden recruited and, and the depth that he put on the team. But then as we're transitioning to a, ro a roster full of guys that Manny Diaz recruited, it's losing its efficacy like very quickly. And so, you know, I, I mean, what's, what's your guys' take on that? What is the contrast there between, you know, the, the 2017 team where we're loaded at linebacker and defensive back um, versus now? You make, you make up a good point um, because we, we talk about trying to – grade the the cornerback coaching or the linebacker coaching but you also have to keep in account the the quality of players that we have right I mean we're mentioning only three to four corners every year because those are the only three to four corners we have those are the only got like legit bodies on this team that we're seeing take reps where you look at a team where I'm living at in Gainesville where they have 10 to 11 scholarship corners every year um, and not to mention, you, you talk about how much the scheme implements um, the players and having those right guys. Look at a guy like Todd Grantham here in Gainesville. Todd Grantham last year was one of the best defensive coordinators in college football. Look what he did to Miami and most of the teams in college football last year. He's running the same scheme this year, and the defense looks night and day, and that's because he doesn't have the elite pass rushers that he had last year. He doesn't have the, the lockdown corners and C.J. Henderson and others like he – like now, I mean, the cornerback position is weak. The defensive line position is weak. And those are the two strengths to a Todd Grantham defense. You look at the Manny Diaz defense, it's very similar. The, the, the keys to Manny Diaz is having an elite pass rush that creates turnovers and having ball hawking safeties that are very smart and are able to kind of cover up the mess of the cornerbacks. And that's something that we lacked this year. Jaquan Johnson, Sheldon Redwine. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and those are great. <clears throat> Again, those were 
And if you look at Jaquan, like he wasn't a big he wasn't a big guy, but you know, when you talk yeah. about ball hawk, like he was just everywhere where the ball was. Yeah. You know? And again, when you go back to seventeen, I think we only we we allow like hundred and thirty five yards passing per game that season. Yeah. Um again, we had solid had solid corners. You know, Mike Jack, you know, that his junior year I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit surprised that he decided to come back for his senior year after having that great junior year. But again, it goes back to, again, you had one year on tape, right? So you want to try to, you know, boost your stock a little bit per se. Um, you know, it's different when you look at Manny's, Manny's makeup, you know, and, and you look at what he's trying to bring, you know, let's look at the linebackers. Like we're bringing in these three-star linebackers, you know, it's just, it's different, right? And so, and I, and I think we've been spoiled. You know, you go back to the 16 class when you had, you know, Shaq and Pinkney and McLeod yeah. and, you know, you were, you had three legitimate, like, you know, linebackers from RIP, you know, but you also had Mike Smith, you had, you know, Darian Owens, you know, yeah. you had people that were already there. Um, but I agree. I think the talent level has dropped off a little bit. Yeah. And I just don't know. Obviously, the twenty the twenty one class is solid, right? I think we all agree that the twenty one class is, is going to be a pretty solid class. Yep. You know, it's what's it going to look like, you know, moving forward, and how is our season going to play out for twenty one? I mean, obviously, I would say ninety eight percent, and I think this is a, a fair percentage. Ninety eight percent of the fan base knows or thinks we're losing to Alabama. Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. 100%. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna be one of those two percent that says we're gonna win that one. Okay, that's just me speaking. But I'm always whatever. I'm always gonna pick us to win, man. You know what I mean? Because any given I, Saturday, I pick, right? Listen, I always pick with my heart, not my head. You know, so it's like <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things, right? But well, but let's again, work like, out a wager after this uh, episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you okay. think about it, though, if you look at the schedule, you your next three games, you know, you literally should be going. You should be three and one after your first four games, based on how the schedule is set up. Um, but I think it's going to be important in order to move forward. You know, what happens with Derek King? Obviously, he just had surgery coming off, you know, with the ACL, you know. And, and again, we haven't even talked about this yet. Nikozi Perry decides to hit the portal. Brevin Jordan decides to go to the league, you know. So these are definitely some issues that I really want to get into as far as the depth. You know, we talk about the defensive depth. Let's talk about the offensive depth as well. Yeah. So, Jamin, I know uh, I, just, I just looked at the watch. I think we're pretty much up against the break. Yeah, yeah, man. So, um, so we'll talk about that when we get back. But for now, you know, y'all are listening to Kang Gang Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. We'll catch you in a few moments. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. <laughs> the dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Yay! Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. 
Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Yay! Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Yay! Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. See? That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to Kane Gang Radio here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Uh, we're about halfway through our second hour. Uh, the show's moving by pretty quick. We still got Brad Tejeda here on with us of uh, Kane's Insight. And uh, how y'all doing? We still doing good? Everyone enjoy the little break? Doing good, man. I, doing good. I am so freaking hungry. Like, I literally <laughs> need to get some food, man. I, you know, that's time? A, dude, that's yeah. the only bad thing about, like, this yeah. this spot. It, like, the time slot is, like, it's in the middle of the day, and, like, yeah. I get hungry. Like, and yeah. I eat a lot. Like, and I'm not a big guy. I just like to snack, whether it's yep. popcorn or chips or pretzels or like well, wings. last hour, last hour, you mentioned you want wings, man. Is that what, that what you're still doing, yeah. man? That's what I'm doing. What, what I'm gonna order a, some here in a minute. What about a a buffalo chicken tender sub from Publix, bro? So can I just tell you a story? Like that's probably one of my favorite subs, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So the so the other night Maria had called me and she's like, "What do you want for dinner?" I was I was actually working a little bit late, and I'm like, "I don't know." She's like, "Well, I gotta run to Publix." So I'm like, "Well, grab me a buffalo chicken tender sub." So it's like, all right, cool. So I get home and I was like, it's literally like, it's waiting for me. Like in like, so I walk in, I can just smell like the Frank's hot sauce. Right. So like, like my nostrils kind of perk up a little bit. So I smell it. So I walk into the kitchen, she has it on the plate, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so I get half of it. And so, oh, Grayson decides that, you know, he's like, you know, daddy mine. I'm like, no, bro, this is mine. So I, I'm like, I'll give you a bite. Right. So I gave him a bite. And next thing you know, like he literally took the whole six inch sub and ate the whole sub. And I'm like, you heard, dude, and he's three. Right. So then Maria's looking at me and I'm looking at her and I'm like, like, what's the deal here? So I put the other half, I didn't even eat it. So I put the other half in the fridge. So the next day 
I get home from work and I'm like, I'll just grab the other half of that sub, right? So I grabbed it and I'm like, man, who ate my sub? So the half of it was gone. Well, I guess she gave him half to take the lunch for school, right? So next thing you know, I, I took the other little three inch piece and I put it in the microwave for about 35 seconds, get the cheese a little bit, you know, kind of a little warm and like the bread toasty. So Grayson pops up and goes, dad, mine. <laughs> so the kid literally <laughs> ate my whole sub. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you turned. So, hey, you're, you're better than me. It, it hit the plate. <laughs> mine usually leaves the wrapper of the, of the sub and it's gone. Oh. <laughs> hit the plate. Well, See, y'all getting pub subs. You, 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 the Havana Bold sub is underrated and very, very good. So, what so is the Havana Pub? So I will say no, that the Havana this, Bold. This is the what key. is that? This is the key to having the Publix chicken tender sub. I don't know if y'all do this or if they do it automatically in Miami, but the key is that once they cut up the chicken tender, put it in a bag and mix it, bro. Yes, do not sir. pour that hot sauce yes, on top sir. because the bottom is dry. Correct. Yes, you need to. You need to mix. You need to get a Ziploc bag and get hot sauce and ranch and mix it in there. Oh, see, now you just killed it with ranch, bro. Oh, no, no, oh, hot ranch sauce. is fire. Dude, I cannot eat ranch. That is so dis- Jordan, J-Man, oh, man. I know you're in Utah. You don't like ranch. It's no, blue dude. cheese. Dude, uh, you are very much underestimating uh, how much Mormons appreciate ranch dressing. It is no very- way. It's so <laughs> disgusting. Oh. It's like it's like yeah. it's like milky water. Like oh, oh dude, my goodness. We put it on. You know we put it on everything out here, man. It's, you know as much as much as J-Man loves Diet Mountain Dew. I'm surprised he doesn't drench a sub in that. Oh, I was, you know what's dis- disgusting is a uh, Miami linebacker play. Oh, you had to go there. Uh, that's the oh, blue cheese dressing. Oh, bro, no, that's kind of like that vinaigrette. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. let's, sour. Let's, so yeah. let's get back into uh, you know again. Sorry, we got off on a tangent because like now I'm really really hungry. Um, let's let's talk about a couple things again. Like so. Uh, yesterday, Cozy decides to hit the portal. Yesterday, Brevin Jordan decides to declare for the draft. Um, obviously, Bubba decides to come back for his senior year. Cam Harris decides to come back for his senior year. Um, so when we talk about the depth on the defense, you know, again, I think there's a little lack of, of depth there. Yeah. But I'm not too concerned about Brevin going to the league. Now, listen – People listening listening to the radio show, they might disagree with me. I don't see Brevin as a day one or day two draft. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you why. I think he's a great route runner. I think he's completely undersized to play a tight end in the league. Um, but I wish him all the best. You know, I, I don't know what the reasoning to go to the league is or try to go to the league. Maybe you think you fulfilled everything that, you know, you thought you were going to fulfill when you were in college, um, but nothing with the best for you. Um, again, J-Man, do you think he's a day one, day two draftee? I think he can sneak in at the back end of day two. Um, and, and I actually – I agree with your point that, that we're not going to miss him as much as you'd think. And the reason why is, you know, Brevin has missed so many games due to injury – um, we're and used he, to playing without him. Yeah, he's just like his college career was snake bitten. You know, the whole yeah. time it was up and down. It was neither here nor there. And as great of a player as he was, his tenure at Miami, he was always kind of the cherry on top of the offense, right? It's like if he's there, that's fantastic because he's going to make very important plays. However, 
when we were like, I don't know, I it got to the point where I just didn't even expect him there on Saturdays, which I don't mean that to sound disrespectful because he's a really great player. Um, but I, I feel very confident rolling forward with Will Mallory. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's my, here's my three reasons on why I think Brevin Jordan leaving isn't going to hurt us as much as Kane fans. For one, we got to remember we are tight in you, not Florida Gators, not Iowa. The university yeah. of Miami is tight in you. When one leaves, we got one right behind it that, that comes mm-hmm. in and replaces them. So that's the first reason. Number two is the quality of depth behind Brevin Jordan. We have three to four guys. You got guys like Will Mallory. You got Dominic Mamarelli. You got Elijah Royal. You got Khalil Brantley. You got guys Larry behind Hodges. You got Larry Hodges. Larry Hodges as well. Um, you got quality guys behind them that can come in and replace them, especially in a Rhett Lashley's offense. It's kind of a plug-and-play system. And the last yeah. one is coaching. This is all stuff that we are lacking on the defensive side of the ball. Quality depth in position groups, quality coaching that can develop. That is all things that on the offensive side of the ball, I don't care what position you name on the offense, we have someone right behind them that we are confident in, and we have the coach to back them up and confidence to teach them the right way. On the defensive side, it's a different story. Well, one thing that I've said numerous times throughout this show over the last couple months is – I think Will Mallory is far better suited for our system and potentially going to the league. Um, I just think he has that big frame, kind of like that Jason Witten, Greg Olson type body. Um, so, yeah, I'm not I'm, – that's what I'm saying. Like, I wish him all the best, but I don't necessarily think that we're going to miss Brevin Jordan. Yeah. No, let's talk about Cam coming back. Now, with Cam coming back, again, it, it breeds competition, right? Because now you have yeah. – Year two of Cheney and, 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 and Jalen Knighton. You also have, you know, Thad Franklin coming in. And I'm interested to see how the – so let, let's, let me make this point real quick, right? Because I'm not a proponent, and, and I've said this numerous times on our show, I don't care if you're a freshman or a senior, your best player needs to play. And I have a strong feeling that our coaches have allowed our upperclassmen to play – and they're not deserving of the playing time that they have been given. Do you agree or disagree with that statement, J-Man? I, well, I hate to say this, but especially in the uh, – Receiving court? Well, I'm just the running back court, like Cam Harris. I, I, I worry about how many reps he's going to get next year. And that's because I'm a fan of him, right? He's maybe a guy that I would have thought, hey, it's in your best interest to try to make a squad this year in the NFL. Um, I'm not sure how many carries a game will be there for him next season on the Miami Hurricanes. You know, we saw it. There was a stretch in the middle of the season this year where I thought it was pretty evident that he was, at that time, our third most effective running back on the team. Um, I I think he finished the year strong um, in terms of, you know, relative to the other guys on the depth chart. Um, But, you know, those guys, those guys are getting better, right? They're going to have a a real college off season now. Um, And then Thad Franklin coming in, who is, you know, one of the better running back prospects coming out of high school that we've seen in recent years. You know, he, he broke many of the, the Florida high school state football records. Um, 
So I don't know, man. I, I hope that Cam can have a good senior campaign, but I'm, I'm worried for him. I'll say this. Um, with Rhett Lashley's offense, one thing I did notice, not only here at Miami, but in other schools at SMU, at Auburn, the type of offense he runs, you don't really need to have that reliable running back who's not necessarily that running back one. And I think that's something that Miami Hurricane fans have kind of fell into throughout the year this year is kind of on the fence of is Cam Harris running back one or does Don Chaney kind of fill in that role as we saw throughout the season. But in my opinion, I don't necessarily think it matters too much of who's running back one, who's running back two. Um, running back by committee. Uh, exactly. And I think whoever's hot at the time. <laughs> and the, to, to go on top of that though, is you also got to realize that our offense, especially um, down the field, as far as throwing the football, was very hit or miss throughout the year. And it's mostly crazy. miss. It's crazy because the most times our running backs had open holes, created big plays, was when we started throwing the ball down the field, which was setting up the run a lot easier for us. It didn't matter who was at running back. You saw the easy transition from, unfortunately, when De'Eric King did go down, when Nikosi Perry came in, we started throwing the ball down the field a lot more, regardless if the receivers were catching the ball or not. Nikosi yeah. Perry was not only throwing the ball on the money, but he was now getting the defense on their toes to where now they were having to play the deep ball, which made the running game a lot easier, which I think going down to the next following season upcoming, um, with De'Eric King possibly out, I think the, the two guys we have as freshmen – Jake Garcia and Tyler Van Dyke, one thing that both of them excel at is throwing the deep ball. And I think that alone will help the running game along with being in the Rhett Lashley system for another year. Well, one thing that I don't like with the Rhett Lashley system is the continual like little run up the guts. We don't have the power backs. We don't have like the Najee Harris type, you know, running backs to get the two, three, four yards as needed. Um, you would see it from time to time, but Miami's offense is built more for speed. So when I see that, it just means we need to get the ball to the outside. And I think we're too quick to run these little plays, you know, quick handoff up the gut. And again, like our old line, it has definitely improved, but it hasn't got to be like an elite O line. So one thing that I would like to see more of is getting to the outside instead of trying to go up the gut. Bird, you know, we watched um, a couple plays where it's, even with the quarterback runs up the gut, right? Like, like if you have speed, you need to get to the outside. And, and I just feel like we don't take advantage of our speed at times. We want to try to, like, pound it up the gut. Yeah. Yeah, more Jalen Knighton, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm a I'm a huge Rooster fan, right? But you know, going to going to Cam Harris, right? Um, you know, I definitely agree with the fact that the kid, you know, made the right decision to come back. Uh, if not, he'd been a Joe Yearby, right? You know, not yeah, getting drafted. Yeah, you, you took the you took the wrong running back on that class. <laughs> yeah. No doubt, I mean, no doubt. There was a guy named Dalvin Cook that you could have. Oh yeah, well, Al Golden for you, man. What are you What are you gonna do? You know. And we got guys who are throwing, yeah, hey man, guys not, throwing halfback passes in the it's, snow. You it's know? not just running backs, man. You got receivers too. Elijah Moore at Ole Miss and Tutu out. Oh. Yep, yep. Very true. Well, Very and true. so, so since you bring that up, right? Like, 
and I love my Carly, but literally you chose my Carly over Tutu. Um, you know, what would this offense look like? Well, what would the receiving core look like with somebody like, you know, Elijah Moore or Tutu Atwell instead of a Mark Pope? And we've talked about this the last couple of days. You know, nobody really wants to go after, like you want to go after Rump for not, you know, producing and, you know, not developing talent. But you got a guy in Cooney, and, and, and I think Cooney's a, a tremendous recruiter. But, like, Wiggins and Pope are his boys from Southridge. Like, how come nobody's really going in on Cooney, you know, about his boys? You know, about his lack of, you know, the production. You know, are you going to blame Rob Likings? Like, that's what I don't understand. And, Brad, you and I were talking about this. And, J-Man, you might even think, you know, understand this point. What exactly does a wide receiver coach teach you? Like, is it route running? Is it, you know, jam technique, getting off the line and scrimmage? Like, bro, he's not teaching you how to put your hands up and catch a ball. Yeah. You know, like, that's either you have it or you don't have it, Agreed. right? So so what does a wide receiver coach do? You know, I, I just – I don't know what his position is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what Likens would do in this scenario, you know, because Wiggins and Pope were getting open this year. I mean, Wiggins struggled a little more than Pope. Pope got open just fine this year. The problem was when we threw the ball at him, <laughs> you know, like it yeah. was, uh, he, he just, he couldn't capitalize, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't close his hands around the ball. And so I'll tell I, don't you right. know, I don't know what you do if you're Rob Likens, except for maybe make him run until he throws up if he can't catch a ball. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the thing the thing with these Miami wide receivers, right? And you know, the, the case case in point is Lawrence Cager, right? I mean, that yeah. guy had brick hands. Goes to Georgia and it's like he's got stickum on his hands and every you know, I'm watching Georgia games and the guy's catching everything thrown his way. You know, um, you know, I, I think the same thing's gonna be with Wiggins and Pope. If those guys don't come back here, we're gonna watch him go to another school and they're gonna be catching everything and we're gonna just shake our head like what the heck? You know, um, that's the thing about a lot of the wide receivers that we bring in. They seem to be late bloomers. You know, even Braxton Berrios, which is a guy who's, who's beloved by the Canes fans, you know, his first three years, you know, he wasn't a star, right? It was that last year, that 2017 year, you know, that he really blossomed and he started catching yeah. everything thrown his way and started making huge plays. But his first three years here, you know, he, well, he, he still, still he left some have, on the table. You know, he, yeah, he had knee surgery, you know, a lot of that can yeah. be mental – you know, we talk about things like that. I just don't know from the receiving perspective is, and, and Brad, you and I have talked about this. Um, with the class coming in, you're going to have 11 receivers, you know, on the, on the roster. But one thing, one thing that I want to talk about probably going into the next segment is that depth at wide receiver and see what we're going to do there. Um, we're, uh, we're literally pushing the break again. I just sometimes like these breaks annoy me. You know, you really get into a rhythm of talking about things, and yep. it's like, okay, we're up against the break. I just want you know, to keep talking, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, bro, I'm telling you. Well, listen, guys, we'll catch you guys, you know, back real quick. We're going to just step aside real quick, let the, uh, let the programmers do what they do and give you guys some announcements. So thank you so far for listening to the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145. We'll be right back. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Gronk, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? 
Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Let's run it back here on the Kang Gang Radio Show. Hashtag run it let's back. run it back. Run it run back. It run it back. Run it back. <laughs> oh man, it's been a uh, it's been a great show so far, man. It's been it's been good to you know come back after Christmas and after New Year and be able to you know chop it up with the guys and you know we all have different opinions and we all you know we all have different viewpoints on different things, but we all seem to agree on one thing that we love the University of Miami. We want to see the Canes get back on up. It's just a matter of who's going to lead us there and, you know, who's going to get us to where we need to go. And unfortunately, like, you know, I thought that, you know, we would have some type of a little bit of competition, not sure what was going to happen with Dorit King, you know, with his knee surgery and, you know, with Cozy. And, you know, like we mentioned, him hitting the portal. I'm kind of sad to see him go, man, because, you know what, he's, he's literally mature from year one to, you know, this past year. And uh, just to see the growth and the maturity that he showed in that bowl game, um, yeah. I was really, really impressed. So I was actually kind of looking forward to see how he was going to handle the spring as being QB1 um, and moving forward. I'm not sure where he's going to go or where he's looking at. Um, I know uh, Hooker, Hayden Hooker from Virginia Tech ended up going to Tennessee. I don't mm-hmm. know what spots are available. Yeah. Um, but, you know, listen, you know, I, I wish five all the best, man. I, I know we all do. We have some memorable games, you know. I mean, obviously, the FSU game was probably yep. – that's, that's just like a classic. That's a Miami FSU classic game, being yep. down 27-7 and, you know, coming back and winning 28-27. And, uh, you know, what do you guys feel about Cozy hitting a portal? I think, uh, I think Florida Atlantic University would be a perfect spot for Nikosi Perry. Keep him, keep him in Florida at home. And I think pairing him with a guy like Willie Taggart, man, I think, I think that could actually benefit um, Nikosi Perry, and he would probably start right away. I'd go watch him play there, too. I'd oh, go yeah. watch him. 
I'd be yeah. wearing all UM stuff, but I'd be watching. <laughs> and I mean, can, can you imagine FAU and USF playing and, and it's the battle of the backup quarterback? Jared Williams and Cozy. Jared Williams first and Cozy Perry. Oh, the battle bro. of the one-time starters. Yeah. Now, you know what? Wherever Cozy lands, I just hope he lands in a good situation where he can where he can put on and just yeah. let it uh, and let it rip. And I just you know I hope the fan base learns the learns the clap that we always did in the uh, in the stadium with them. The Cozy clap, bro. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? I'll tell you, for, for, from our team standpoint, though, you know, um, I think this is a good thing, right? Because you're going to have two guys that are really going to take the entire summer and probably even summer fall camp, depending on how fast King can get back, you know, in, in TVD and, uh, and and probably Jake Garcia and maybe even Peyton Matoka. They, they get in there and they're these guys are going to take all the reps during spring ball um which i think is great man right? don't really don't forget about ryan rizik bro ryan hey, rizik fan number 16 Rizzi, man bro. no yeah. come on man yeah you, you know, know it should be interesting i i'm i don't know i it's it's sad seeing cozy go you know he's he's one of the dudes like you guys know me i i always shoot really straight you know i i'm i was so critical of of cozy as a freshman here um you know i i don't have a lot of patience for kids that come to the university of miami and they're just knuckleheads and they make you know bad choices bad mistakes you know they're they're not like they don't have their head in it you know and it's probably because i grew up wanting to play at the university of miami obviously i didn't have any talent um (laughs) you know but like i it was something i wanted so bad when i was a little kid that like when these guys get this chance and then they blow it being a knucklehead, like it, it makes me mad almost. Um, but to watch Cozy mature and develop, like he's, he's one of my favorite players now. He really earned my respect because he, he turned his career around. Um, you know, he was, he was a mature presence in the quarterback room, which is something that we actually really badly lacked until Derek King got here. Um, you know, so all the best to him. I'm with you. You know, I, I'm actually hoping that he'd come to University of Utah or Utah State with uh, Coach Banda, and I'd, I'd go watch them a few times. But, uh, sure. you know, all, all the best to him. I, I hope he finds a good spot where he can start and really shine and, you know, try to get some NFL scouts' attention. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, sorry, I, we can go I back. I mean, technically, he's still got another two years. Yeah. You know, he's got two more years because obviously this year doesn't count, right? Yeah, I kind of, so, I kind of compare. You know, it'd be interesting to see. I kind of compare the Kosi situation to another player that went from Miami to another school, made that transition. We kind of knew um, this player had some potential, um, and once he transferred to Rutgers, he actually blossomed, and that was Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards. Yeah. Um, that's. Who? I mean, you talk about. I mean, he was third string running back for Miami. Transfers to Rutgers immediately is the starting running back and literally boosted his his NFL grade to where he ended up being one of the best running backs in the NFL for one season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying Nikosi's going to do something similar, but I mean all you need is that one more opportunity, man. So I, I definitely agree with all you guys. I think Nikosi Perry is definitely going to um, take what he's learned from the University of Miami, and I think. Whatever program ends up getting him, it will will definitely get get a diamond in the rough. I couldn't believe we weren't giving Gus Edwards run, man. You know, but but that that, that that's going to take us really deep off of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so let's let's do this. I mean, obviously, we had a lot of cane talk. We had a lot of uh, different things here and there. You know, again, having Jose Borgales on the show tonight. 
Let's talk about some stuff. Real quick, let me ask you this, because before we get into the NFL playoffs, let's get your college playoff. Let's get your national championship prediction. I'm going Alabama by 17. Yeah, I hope, man. Roll Tide. I don't don't say that often, but roll Tide. Like, I do not like the Ohio State Buckeyes. One of my most hated sports teams in any sport. You know, I, they're right there with the L.A. Lakers, the New England Patriots, the Ohio State Buckeyes. I can't stand them. And the Buffalo Bills. Well, Alabama's <laughs> next game hey. after this national championship happens to be against us. So, guess yeah. what? I, I mean, look, if we're going to play them, I want them, you know, I, I want them with that uh, defending <laughs> right. national champion. Right? If like, we're going to get waxed by Alabama, let's at least have right. a ring ceremony. <laughs> but, but think about this, right? But think about this. We lose <laughs> – they lose the Davy O'Brien winner. They lose the um, the Bulitnikov winner, and they, Bryce Young. They, Bryce Young right behind that Davy O'Brien winner. But go on. And they lose. Uh, don't do it to yourself, Co. Don't do Najee, it. The Doak Walker. So they they literally swept. <laughs> you know all offensive categories. But that's yeah. what we and said they, when they lost Tua. And and, uh, and, they, and they got the best. Deal. Like Leatherwood got like the offensive lineman or whatever. Man, they yeah. howled and then the awards. and then the so. Remington. The Remington went to Landon Dickerson. Yeah, but that's what we but, said when they lost. Oh, bro, that's what they. That's what we said when they lost Tua and Jerry Judy last year. And then uh, you yeah. know they're just. Listen, I told you, I'm I'm that two percent. I'm that two percent that says we're gonna win. <laughs> hey, no, and I'm with you in that two percent. But yeah, I say Alabama wins by seventeen. But you talk about all those Alabama awards. by 17. Brad, what you got? I got Alabama winning by seven points against – Seven? Oh, yep, seven. No I actually way. Think, I actually think Ohio State this year, their their offense and their, their whole team in, in general, I think is a lot better than people give them. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll bet you a C note, and I'll give you that seven. I mean, we we could bet on something else. I think I think. No, you I, listen, you said that Alabama. <laughs> I'm giving you seven with a C note. Come on, bro. Hey, I don't want a C note. I want I want something else. Brad don't want that smoke. Brad Brad uh Brad was talking that trash about basketball when I was at the hotel. I had a <laughs> oh, yeah. like. It, it was funny. He he tried he tried to have somebody film him, <laughs> and you could see the basketball coming at the camera from the brick. It was Dolphin Derek, man. Dolphin De- Dolphin Derek was laying on the ground trying to trying to get him dunking on this like five this five foot rip. Man. Oh man, he's trying to Coach trying to do the Shaq attack. <laughs> and then they realized they realized in the video it showed him landing, and they were like, "Oh, come on!" That man. was my fault. Like I'm like, man, I should have just hung on the rim like a little extra second, bro. <laughs> so let, let's get into uh, let's get into the NFL playoffs, man. There's a lot of good games. I do like the new format of just giving the first team like the first uh you know the uh the first round bye just for one team instead of two yeah. um you guys want to talk nfc or you want to talk afc let's start with the afc i'm, I'm interested to see who jordan's gonna pick in the colts bills game you know i mean listen i think that game's actually uh i think i think the bills win that pretty handily unfortunately yeah. here's the thing man <laughs> like i it has been two years now where I have been the biggest critic in the world of Philip Rivers. I, the dude should have retired two years ago. His arm is a wet noodle at this point. Like, he has to do a crow hop to throw an out. Like Be a five-yard out route. No, I know, but, I mean, this is all out. <laughs> I've been putting this on Twitter for two years. So, if, if the Bills lose, which, I mean – you know, I, I don't want to be 
overly arrogant about it. If the Bills lose, I'm in big trouble with my receipts. So uh, <laughs> I do think this is a great matchup for the Bills, though. I, I definitely uh, – I would rather play – I'd rather play the Colts than anybody else in the first round. Um, and, you know, Josh Allen right now is just red hot. I mean, he's, he's like molten steel right now out on the field, um, just carving up every defense he plays against. You know, the Bills' defense is playing better. So, I actually think this is one of those games that could be a first-round blowout. You know what I'm anxious to see in this game? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Bills in this one, right, just because, I mean, I, I love Bills Mafia. I'm enamored by the videos of, of Bills Mafia breaking tables and, you know, uh, what's his name, Ketchup Ron, that they sport the mustard and <laughs> yeah. ketchup on them. Like, they just have the craziest tailgate traditions, right? Yeah. But, you know, the I think it's 8% that they allowed into the game for, for this mm-hmm. as far as capacity. Yeah. And, look, that 8%, like, they've interviewed people and it's their season ticket holders, and they're like, look, if there's any stadium that's going to go at 8 to 10% capacity and it's going to sound like a full house, it's Bill's Mafia. So that's, yeah. you know, I, I want to see that. And I want to see them just yeah. bring the house down. Yeah, it'll be all of their first time to watch Stephon Diggs in person on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So I think well, I know he's – uh... I know he's a little questionable. I mean, they say questionable because of his oblique, yeah. but there's no way he's not going to play that game. I agree. You know? And, you know, they picked up Kenny Stills actually too. So, yeah. you know, if, if either Cole Beasley or Stephon Diggs are having trouble during the game, Kenny Stills, is he's a deep threat, man. He's, he's a guy that you could actually hear his name as a surprise. But, you know, I actually really like the Bills receiving core. I think it's like five deep with really solid yeah. dudes. So. I think I think one of the best matchups though of the weekend, whether it be AFC or NFC, is the Tennessee Baltimore game. I yeah. think well, that's going to be. We didn't get we didn't get Brad's pick for the. Uh... Well, Brad's too busy. Brad's tweeting. I'm sure. <laughs> He's always <laughs> tweeting, man. No, I was actually uh, I was actually looking at how many touchdowns Stephon Diggs has because I have I have. I mean, it's not really a bold take because he's been balling all year. But I think the Bills not only win, but I I got digs for going for like two hundred plus receiving yards. Wow, mm. that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. What's that'd the weather fun. supposed to be like? What's the weather? I don't know. I wonder what the weather's gonna be like. But it doesn't matter. But I mean, again, I had Stefan Diggs on my fantasy team all year, bro. So he was solid. Yep. You know, I, he was definitely been solid. But going back to my point, I I think the Tennessee Baltimore game is a very very interesting game. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Baltimore is actually playing some really good ball right now. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Baltimore actually upset Tennessee um, and take that game. I have yeah. Tennessee Titans winning by 14, and I got Derek King – or I'm sorry, Derek King. Um, Derek Henry <laughs> stiff-arming four <laughs> guys and running over seven guys. You want to drop a C-note on that too? <laughs> Ooh. Oh man. Yeah, so I, you know, <laughs> I I agree. This is this is an interesting matchup. You know, I'm I'm a Bills fan, right? I'm a I'm a big Bills fan. I don't really want to play either of these teams in the playoffs. Um I think the player that scares me most besides Pat Mahomes in the AFC playoffs is Derrick Henry. And that's why I'm going to choose the Titans is my worst fear is watching the Titans control the clock for 45 minutes and have Derrick Henry go for 250 yards and three touchdowns so while I do think the Ravens are good and I you know as a Bills fan I don't want to play them um Derrick Henry scares me man he is he's a dude like mm-hmm. I I'm not sure that so I'm you, not got, sure that you he, got Tennessee yeah I'm, I'm taking Tennessee in this one 
I'm going. Uh, I'm going. And Baltimore, Brad, you're man. at I'm, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Bird Bird's going for Baltimore, man. I, I, that's I'm a, a fact, Lamar. Jack. I'm a, <laughs> and that's a fact, Jack. No, I'm a big uh, Lamar Jackson fan, right? And I, you know, I, I love watching that guy. He's a ton of fun, and uh, you know, he's he's hasn't had much success in the playoffs. So I think this year. Yep. He's what? What did you say? He's big. He's tons of fun. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right. So let's let's do, let's move on to Brown Steelers. We actually got to hurry this up. We got about two and a half minutes left before uh, Frank and Larry. Man, I told you, I'm not into this whole. I'm not into whole this like this this air thing, man. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna say I'm going Pittsburgh. I mean, last week yeah. the the Browns beating the Steelers was yeah. was a fluke. Yeah. I'm taking Pittsburgh in this. Yeah, I I want Pittsburgh to win because I think they kind of suck. So, you know, I want that 2-3 matchup with uh, Buffalo. So, I'm going Pittsburgh. Terrible towels are waving. Pittsburgh. Yep. Cool. Okay, then move to the NFC. Let's go with uh, – oh, man, I can't even think of the matchup. The Saints, right and, the, Saints and the, the Saints and the Bears. Oh, yeah, dude. How did Chicago even make the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> you could say that for about half the teams in the NFC. I know, man. Okay, I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints. Saints, Alvin Kamara, baby. Yeah, be a plays. fantasy championship. Who that? Yeah. So I think the best matchup is going to be the Seattle Ram matchup. I think that's yep. actually Although, a, a really good. I don't know if Jared Goff is playing. He is. No, he might up. not be. Correct. Yeah. Still going to take Seattle. I think Seattle just has. I just think they're far more better than the Rams are this year. Yeah. Yeah, I. That one could be interesting. I could actually see that being a game that, like, the Rams' defense is so good that, like, Aaron Donald kind of controls the game. They were um, so good, the Dolphins beat them. That's how good they <laughs> yeah. were. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to pick Seattle. But I, I do think that there is, uh, there's some room for, you know, Aaron Donald to, to really make his mark on that game. Gotcha. Bird, what do you got? Uh, I'm going Seattle, man. DK Batcalf, man. I think he's going to go off. Uh, B, who you who you got? Seattle or the Rams? I got um Seattle and Russell Wilson tuning into that Mamba mentality and taking over. Cool. All right. Yeah. So then the last matchup, Washington and Tampa Bay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tampa, Tampa. Man, Washington and Tampa Bay. It, I think the I think the game of that game is going to be how long can you watch the game until you turn it off? Wow. <laughs> Minute and a half. So what do you got, Bird? I got I'm rooting for the Alex Smith uh, comeback, comeback, comeback player uh, of the story. Year. Yeah, and you know what? To, and I'm going to root for chaos. And Washington shouldn't have been in there, but they backed into the playoffs. So I'm rooting for them, man. Go, go Reds! No, excuse me. Go football team. Yeah, <laughs> I had to catch um, myself there. I'm just going to go with Tampa Bay. I just think Brady and, and Tampa. I think it's going to be too much for for Washington. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, obviously next week we'll get into the second round and, uh, dude, it's been a good two hours, you know, I'm still, still hungry, solid. but it's definitely been a solid two hours here on Friday, <laughs> Friday afternoon. Um, listen, I hope you guys enjoy your weekend, you know, whatever you guys are doing, stay safe. Um, you know, wear your mask, you know, this Corona thing still, still pretty serious. Um, you know, I know J man had uh, some symptoms, even though he tested negative, right. He still had the yep. symptoms and, uh, you know, listen, Guys, be safe out there. Do what you do. You know, take care of your families. And uh, until we see you guys uh, and hear you guys next weekend, this is co-signing out. I'm out. (laughs) Gang, gang. Yep. See you guys. (laughs) The views and opinions expressed on Kang Gang are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.